Welcome to Live with Don Marie podcast here at Don Marie Healthy and Fit, where we bring you incredible episodes every single week that will leave you inspired and always wanting to come back for more. Today, we have Dr. Benjamin, and he is going to be talking to us about autoimmune diseases and how to live a healthy lifestyle with what he calls the blueprint and how we can also live with recovery after surgeries and moving forward with a healthy way of life. Stay tuned for Dr. Benjamin to come on and talk to us about more on how to be healthy and strong. Welcome to Live with John Marie, Dr. Ben. How are you? I'm having a really, really good day. How are you? I'm really, really good. I think I have the giggles today. I'm not quite sure why, but I have the giggles, so that's a good thing, right? We'll just work through it, right? Like right, exactly, exactly. So as I explained to everybody in the very beginning, um, you are going to tell us all about how you started your career path in that's microchip industry and you are working sure. through there so we're going to kind of go back in time frame everybody and we're going to dr ben's going to talk to us about that and then how he switched to becoming dr ben and working with autoimmune and how he actually healed himself so let's kind of go back in time right now and you were working for a company with microchip industry and EMFs and uh, Wi-Fis. So let's kind of talk about that industry, how you really liked it, and what happened in your life to make you change such a dramatic, you know, drastic point of going back to school and becoming a doctor. Sure. So yeah, I spent the first. 10 years of my career um, working in, in the microchip industry, a mechanical engineering undergrad, did that, just wanted to, you know, was really good at math and science growing up and and uh, really obsessed with like technology and mm-hmm. and all that. And, um, and that's sort of what I basically stumbled into. And I got into it, you know, kind of knowing like, well, this is what makes money and I'm smart and I'm good at this, so I might as well do it. It was never really that fulfilling, but I also didn't hate it either. Um, but uh, in my late 20s, I started to have health problems where I, you know, I've been pretty much healthy my whole life. And then um, around like, I think 27, started experiencing uh, really bad chronic fatigue, really bad brain fog. Um, I had eczema all over my hands. I had uh, chronic, really bad chronic pain. It was just like a constant soreness. It wasn't like, debilitating, but I always just felt like my body just aches. And, uh, and I had really bad digestive issues. Like, we won't even get into the details. That's how bad yeah. it was. And, um, and I really didn't know what was going on. At first, I just kind of chalked it up to, oh, well, I'm getting older, you know, at 27 or whatever. And, Which is uh, not old. You shouldn't no, be having all of those medical issues. No, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's become common to be chronically ill. It's become so common that people will just go, this is what happens, right? But um, I I, I didn't want to really acknowledge the fact that something was really wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just kind of wanted to like, oh, it's no big deal, minimize it. But over the course of about six, eight, ten months, like it just, it progressed to where like, um, you know, it it was debilitating. Like I had so much chronic fatigue that, 
I was sleeping all through the weekend. I was like knocking back energy drinks left and right, trying to just get through the work day. Um, but every meal I ate just felt like World War III in my guts. Um, I, I really didn't feel good. And that was when I was finally like kind of bit the bullet and said, okay, well, I guess I should see a doctor about it. And, um, you know, this is, you know, this, I didn't really know much of anything about health at all. Um, you know, like I said, I do have a science background, but, you know, I just, my paradigm at, at that time was like, well, I go to the doctor and they diagnose me with A, B, and C, and then they give me X, Y, and Z, and then I'm cured and I live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Which is usually the case of everybody in general, right? Yeah, that's what we think. And I'm sure you and, and most of the people listening here are like, no, that's actually not how it works a lot of the time. <laughs> um, so I kind of didn't know what I was getting myself into. And so, you know, I saw my primary care who said, oh, okay, you have skin issues, we'll send you to the dermatologist. You have gut issues, we'll send you to the gastroenterologist. You have chronic pain, we'll send you to the rheumatologist. And then it was like one doctor became three or four, and then they all wanted to send me to different guys. And it was like I had this part-time job of just going to doctors. Which is and, insane that we actually physically have to do that. Yeah. Oh, it's it's nuts. It, it, it was like in the beginning, you're like, oh, this is great. Like all these people are going to see me and help me. And then, then, then we find out it's, just, it's not how it really works. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're at that point of frustration. You're now a part-time employee of yourself trying to manage your advocacy for your health. Yeah. While you're working full-time in the industry of what we talked about, the microchips and all of that with your background. So yeah, I you know, life outside of like, you know, outside of this, like I was, I wanted to just get in and get well and get out. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, every guy's got to do their little tests and their this and that, and you know, they're running my blood work and saying, Oh, guess what? Good news, man. Like blood work came back. Your thyroid's normal. This is normal. Everything's normal. Awesome. Right. It's like, no, actually that's bad news because I'm still sick. Even if the piece of paper doesn't say it. So what are we going to do? <laughs> um, so it became very frustrating. Like I really felt like just kind of shuffled around and no one really had answers. And there was never a doctor who was like, Ben, guess I'm sorry, we can't figure out what's wrong, but like, I know you're suffering, I know you're hurting, we're gonna figure this out, we're gonna get to the bottom of this. Like, mm -hmm. that never happened, right? It was always like, ooh, not my problem, right? Right. Um, and you know, and they would just, you know, they'd still get paid, so what do they care? Um, I'm glad so you just said that, thank you, because that is the frustration of, I would say at least 90% of the world you go, your doctor, 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 doctor. They tell you your blood works great. You look great. Take a vacation. Right? Oh, God. Right? That, 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 you, you, look, you look fine, right? Yeah. But I'm not fine. <laughs> sick. That is the most common phrase in the world today. Well, you don't look sick. You look great. Well, no. Inside, I'm completely falling apart. Yeah, and, and it's hard for, for normies, you know, and, and it really makes the whole process more difficult. Like, I had a I had a partner at the time who was just like, you're faking it. Like, it's not that bad. Just suck it up. It's no big deal. Like, why are you, why are you acting like this, you know? And it's like, you don't get it. I'm not well. Um, and so a lot of people struggle with MS, other chronic health conditions. It's like, 
this thing you go through, like the disease is bad as it is, is on its own. Mm-hmm. But you've got all these people, including even your 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 spouse, your partner, your family, your doctor, who doesn't even, like fully grasp it. It's just like, oh no 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 no, you're okay. It's in your head or, or all this stuff. It's it's bad. It's tough. It just makes it worse. Exactly. So what so, happened from that point? You're yeah, be- so you're beyond life. frustrated, right? You're like, I'm done. My girlfriend's like looking at me like I'm faking this. My doctors are telling me I'm fine, and but inside I'm completely falling apart. Yeah, totally. And um, and uh, and then you start to question like, well, am I actually sick, right? And then it's this whole head games, but. I, I'm not the kind of person who's very confrontational most of the time, but that got to me. I just got angry. I got frustrated. It was like, you know, this is this part-time job I'm engaged in, and I'm, like, getting nowhere. And, like, thankfully, I had insurance, so it was like I wasn't paying too much out of pocket, but it was just more of the hassle of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And well, and nobody even seems to care, much less alone be able to help. And eventually, I was just like, everybody's fired. Like, you're all fired. Because I'm getting worse. Like, meanwhile, I'm, I'm continuing to get worse. Like, to the point where my doctor or my boss is, like, pulling me aside and being like, your performance is really tanked this year. You're, like, you're, like, used to be, like, the best guy on my team. Now you're, like, the worst. Wow. First, number one, what happened? And number two, if you don't turn it around, like, you're looking at, you know, not having a job pretty soon. So the pressure was on, like the pressure was on and I was like, I was on my own, like I had nobody to like really understand or, or so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just, I know science, like I, I, I have a background in that, like I can figure this out if they can't, like I do have some brains in me, I, I can, I can, I can kind of engineer up something here, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I just started researching, I mean, this was back in like 2010. You know, and, you know, I feel like okay. this information everywhere now, but at the time it was, it had to dig, you know? Um, and so I just basically engaged in massive self-education and massive self-experimentation, right? Um, that I just had this sort of like brash kind of ego about me. I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. And, uh, and so I just started reading and, um, you know, and then going down YouTube rabbit holes as well, reading tons of books, uh, hearing, you know, reading tons of other people's stories. And I kept coming across stuff that said, well, you know, if you change your diet and your lifestyle, like a lot of this stuff goes away. And my first reaction was like, well, that's nice, but I'm not doing that. <laughs> I, <but> that <laughs> I have to laugh because that is exactly what it says when I was like trying to self-diagnose myself. Like, how can it be my food? Like, but then keep going. <laughs> and it was kind of one of those things. It was like deep down I knew that I just, I ate terribly. And I, I've been blessed with the genetics such that I could eat terribly and still be like lean and, and um, like healthy looking and all this stuff. Right. And people always, and I'd be the guy at work who like, when they pass around, you know, brownies or something, I'd be the guy who took two. And everyone would be like, oh, well, that's going to catch up with you when you're older. That's going to catch up with you. It's going to catch and I go, no, it's not. I got good genes. Like, I'm good. I'm fine. I never gained weight, you know? And, and of course, the irony was that it caught up with me, but in this totally other way, you know? Mm-hmm. So my health continues to decline. Um, I'm, I'm learning a lot. And, and I realized, like, okay, you know what? Like, 
it's I'm kind of at my wit's end, so I'm gonna do this changing my diet thing as much as I hate the idea. I'm kind of I'm kind of painted into a corner, you know. Like there's um, Tony Robbins talks about this idea called emotional leverage, right? Yeah. That when the pain of changing becomes less than the pain of staying the same, i.e., it becomes so painful to stay the same that you're like, oh, that diet change thing that I really don't want to do, like that's better than what I got now, so I'll do it. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Fun. I actually really enjoyed it. Um. And so I just, I, I started making changes at the beginning. Like I literally didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, I know I'm supposed to eat more fruits and vegetables. So like, here's some broccoli, here's some strawberries, here's some whatever, throw it in the blender, hit the button and just kind of knock it back. And, um, and that just sort of evolved into me learning more. Then at one point I was like, okay, well, I guess I should look up some recipes, you know? And then just through that, like found more resources and, uh, really just started hitting the, the fresh fruits and the vegetables really hard. Okay. Um, as much, but, um, I really had no intention of like becoming plant-based or a vegan or anything like that. That just sort of evolved um, from what I was doing. Like I just knew fruits and vegetables. Like, okay, kindergarten teacher said fruits and vegetables. I should have listened. Mm-hmm. Here I am 30 years later, you know, whatever, doing it. Um, and I noticed within about a month or two of doing that, like like really like a lot of produce, like, like, you know, two and a half meals a day of it, um, that, uh, that like things start to shift in my body pretty profoundly, pretty quickly. So two, two meals would be like eight cups of fruits and vegetables total, you think, or more than that? Um, no, I would say each meal was about probably eight cups itself. So eight cups per meal. Okay. Here's a two liter, 64 ounce jar i was drinking filling this up with with green smoothie like for breakfast and for lunch okay there you go um and then doing a salad at night and, and whatever else and i wasn't i wasn't even by any means perfect at it i was just sort of like i know i need to do this i'm gonna do it but i still want to eat pizza here and there and and uh, i was just i was desperate for results and um started seeing improvement and it was like the more that i ate the healthy food the more when i went back and i ate the unhealthy food my body would really tell me, whoa, you, you can't be doing that. Like, I would feel it more and more every time I regressed. So let me ask you what that what that felt like. Like you're starting to feel really good and you're feeding your body the, the nourishment that it needs and then you take that bite of pizza or whatever you did. What were the types of feelings that you, you got after um, eating something you shouldn't have eaten? Sure. So, I mean, I would have what, what we would call a flare. So, of course, my digestion would be, like, immediately angry. Like, I would have meals where it was, like, I would literally have to, like, go lie down and clutch my sides and feel like my whole gut was just going to burst open with an alien. Uh, I would feel inflamed in my body, so the chronic pain would come back. Mm -hmm. Uh, My whole body would ache, and sometimes that would last for, like, two or three days. Yeah. Complete exhaustion. Uh, Like, you just got, like, the life sucked out of you. Totally. Totally. Uh, like it really just provide the healthy food really provide that contrast of like oh this is what it feels like to be normal again like I'd almost forgot you know um, and then like like my eczema would flare up like all my symptoms wow would just, well, like I'd be like I thought all of that under control mm-hmm. and, and and it was really frustrating because they'd be like I'm craving this I I, I can't resist the craving I know what it's going to do to me I know and I can't stop myself and here I go I can't believe this is happening but I love that you just said that 
And I know it's very difficult for all of us to try to change that life pattern, right? But when yeah. we are in extreme pain and the answers from the doctors are not quite there to help us and we're doing our own research and we start to get better because you're feeding your body eight cups per meal of all the nourishments you need and then your body's like feeling better, you're doing good and you're like, oh, but I just want a little bit of that brownie. Just, just give me two bites of that pizza. And then you're down and out for days and you're blowing up like, uh, you know, I blow up like I'm nine months pregnant because I have colitis and MS. And for you, you were like in extreme pain and you're like, oh, why did I do that? That is a vicious cycle of autoimmune, correct? Totally, totally. So if you're like listening to this and you like think you're the one who does that, definitely not. Mm -hmm. um, and, and one of the things I like to say is like the best way to learn something is the hard way. Huh. It's not one way, but it was just sort of like it just having these contrast experiences where it's like, I feel really good. Oh my God, I did this. I feel really bad. Like I won't do that again. But sometimes you gotta, life's gotta hit you on the head with it enough times before you finally go, okay. So but true. I, so true. So did you also find, Dr. Ben, that while you were going through this process and before you actually had a diagnosis, um, did you find that when you went out to dinner and you went over to a friend's house that sometimes you've had a flare because you didn't know what was in the food or what it was touching in the pans or how it was prepped for you? Totally. So social events became a totally different thing. Because I was always kind of a go with the flow guy. Like I was never, I would never go to a restaurant and quiz them about what was in the food or go to a friend's house and be like, I can have this and I can't have that. And um, it, it really brought me out of my comfort zone to do that. And, um, you know, and of course, like we're talking about, like a lot of your friends and family don't understand. They're like, why are you suddenly concerned about this? Like, you've, you've been this way for 20 something years. Like, what? what's different now? Like, come on, you know? So there's this social pressure not to do that. And, and I really got to the point where um, I was just like, I was bringing my own food wherever I went because I just didn't want to be like, hey, can you make me this and not that and do it this way? And I didn't want to hassle people. It's just like, just so you know, I'm bringing my own food. I've got some stuff going on. I'm on a special diet right now. It's like, don't be offended, but like, that's just what I'm doing. And I just want to make it easy for you. So I'm just breaking out stuff, you know. Interestingly enough, when I started to do that and I had that mentality, then friends wanted to like go out of their way to like make something special for me. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, well, we can make you a salad that's got like whatever. Da, 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 da. And at first I'd be like, no, 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 no that's okay. Cause they didn't really want to rock the boat. But I found that um, for whatever reason, if people really understand it's your health and you, you're not coming at it from like a, like a I'm right and you're wrong kind of mentality mm -hmm. that people kind of want to roll with you. Yeah. And then people are having their own issues that they haven't been talking about that they suddenly be like, hey, can you help me with this? Um, so, you know, once I started standing up for myself, the universe kind of conspired to help out, I guess is the best way to put it. I like that. I like that phrase. The universe started to conspire to help out, which meant all of your friends started to realize, okay, he's really suffering here, right? And now he's bringing his own food to our events. So it's real. And we want to be there to help you. I would definitely say not all of my friends. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you uh, think? Uh, what do you think the percentage is on, on an average? Because I believe we've all faced that in our lives, living with autoimmune. I'd probably say 
I like the good friends stuck around, but a lot of the periphery kind of not so good friends, acquaintance people kind of drifted out. And I would say about like 80% of my social circle kind of just fell off. Like I wasn't going to go out and drink with them anymore. I wasn't Mm going to go out and like do a lot of these activities that just weren't like supporting me. So when I wasn't doing those things, I wasn't hanging out with them. And as I got more into health, I just kind of met other people who were like-minded mm-hmm. and started hanging out with them. And I actually made like friends that I like just had a much closer connection with and enjoyed a lot more. Uh, nothing wrong with those old friends. It was like, not, there was no ill will or malice, but it was just sort of like when we didn't like the same things anymore or want to engage in the activities, there just wasn't really a reason to try to hang out. Um, so like, I remember like, um, remember like there was this friend I hadn't seen him in like a year and a half and he was a guy that like used to just always go out drinking like drinking drinking drink. that's what I did with him he said drinking but I never thought it that way I was like oh his name was also Ben he was a really good friend but I kind of it was like when, if you weren't drinking you weren't hanging out mm. and then I saw him like out on the trail one day in like a sweatsuit and he was like warming up like he was gonna go run and he had gained all his weight and he was like oh Ben it's like good to see you like well, I, I, I just, like this year, I mean, I got to take care of my health. Like you can see, I put on like 60 pounds and like, it's wow. something you've been an inspiration. I've missed you. And I was like, Whoa, I, you know, like, I, I haven't talked to this guy in forever, but he was kind of doing his own thing and I was doing my own thing. And, and, um, and then, you know, it's just sort of like, I ended up having an effect on him when I wasn't even trying, but I guess he was still looking at my Facebook posts or whatever. And, and um, seeing how your life is changing towards the positive with the food and taking care of yourself. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, that's a good influence to be have. And especially for someone that's constantly going out drinking. Well, if you're drinking beer, oh, God, you know, that's just that's just pouring in the worst uh, anti-inflammatory, the worst inflammatory foods ever. It's made from yeast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was one of the things. It was like pizza and beer, which, you pizza know. Pizza and beer. Mm-hmm. Like, the worst flares up. Like, yeah. I can remember experience, like, go, like, a bunch of us were going to go out and we were going to go see um, this, like, this group, this rap group from the 90s that had reunited called The Far Side. I went to go see them. And then I, like, wasn't going to drink and I wasn't going to, like, eat my healthy food before I went. But then I was, like, my friends, like, you know, Eric's buying around. Like, oh, I can just have one beer, you know. And then it's, like. And then it's like, you know, it's like Evan's buying around. Like, oh, you know, I can have two. I'm out with my friends. And then I'm thinking in my head, like, I'm going to feel this later, you know. And then it's like two beers in, well, the judgment really starts to get poor. And then it's like someone else is buying a third round. I'm buying the fourth round. Let's all go have pizza. Oh, sure, why not? And then in my, my, my brain's like, you're going to, oh, my God, this is going to be so bad. But you yes. did it. Did you yeah. do it? Yeah. Oh, it was, that was like. I had such a bad reaction to that. That was really like a turning point. Like I threw up all over my front yard when I got home. Oh my gosh. I like woke up the next day, like still like body in total flare, throwing up everywhere. Just like, and I was just like, whoa, like this is, this can't be my life. Like I can't go on like this. Like something has to change. I can't do this anymore. And that was like a really big, like kind of kick in the face. And maybe like I can't straddle both these worlds anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I gotta play in my world where I'm, I'm well. Exactly. 
So at that given point, I mean, you've been do you were doing well. You tried a little, it didn't do great. Your body backfired on you. Kind of like you can't put water in a car to get the car to move. You have to put the proper gasoline in the car to get moving. You have to feed the body with the proper nourishment to keep moving. So you fed it what it didn't like. And living with autoimmune, you went downhill and spiral, crash, burn. So now you're at that point and you're like, ah, where do I go from here? Totally, totally. Like I said, some of this stuff, you know, you got to learn it the hard way. I had, I had to have enough crash and burn experiences where I was like, no more. No, okay. So with that being said, was that your giving point that you decided to go back to school? Um, no, that was a little bit later. Like I had, I, so I got to the point where, you know, I really shifted my diet. I stopped backsliding on everything and got, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, really reversed my disease and, and to the point where like, not just I was feeling good as I used to be, but I was like better than I ever felt. So did they actually give you a diagnosis, Dr. Ben, on what they thought you may have, or did they just call it autoimmune? Uh, they didn't really ever call it anything. I had to figure all this out on my own. Like, wow. Not that, I, that there's a lot of power. I don't really believe that those, those people put way too much power in like a diagnosis and giving um, uh, you know, a disease a name and all of that. Like I'm not a big fan of that, but I literally got no answers. It was just like, well, we're figuring it out, and we don't know, and we need to run some more tests. and. You know, you know, it's basically buying time and, you know, I was running out of time. Um, so, I know I never got that. Wow. Know? That's unfortunate. Yeah. I, it kind of sounds like you had a, a mixture of many things. Um, colitis, your stomach. Um, like you had the fatigue that MS people live with that also could be fibromyalgia. You had brain fog, which is also linked to um, Lyme's, lupus, fibromyalgia, multiple sclerosis, like all of these autoimmune diseases, like your symptoms were like, like check, 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 right? Funny enough, years later, years later, you know, I've been, I've been, um, we'll skip ahead in the story a little bit, but I sent an email out about, to my list about autoimmune disease and someone goes, well, I don't know if you can help me but I have myalgic encephalopathy. And, and I was like, well, you know, it's pretty much, it works for almost any autoimmune disease. Let me go look this one up, see what this guy's talking about. That's a new one I hadn't heard about. I haven't heard of it. Let's tell me about it. Um, well, I went on WebMD and looked it up because um, uh -huh. it was in school and, um, and found out that it was like exactly my symptoms, like exactly everything I had. And I was like, son of a, son of a gun. So what was it again? What is the disease? My my ME, myalgic encephalopathy. Okay, that's a word I cannot say. So I, ME is the easiest way. Yeah. Okay. So I came back and I was like, I can definitely help you because, as it turns out, this is the condition I had. So um, that was a very enlightening day, but um, it, it, it was it was much farther down the road. Okay. Uh, but, um, but anyway, to, to backtrack it, I, you know, I was feeling way better than I ever felt. Like I had all this energy. I was like, getting more into fitness. I was, um, my productivity at my work was just like through the roof. Like it used to be, I could barely get through the workday. And now it's the point where like, 
around 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I was done my, like, I was already done my work. And then they would, like, someone got laid off and they gave me her job and I, like, absorbed that without too much trouble. Like, my brain was just, like, really on point and I could get through my work day. And so I started having all this free time at work where I was kind of like, I'm, I've done everything I need to do. I, I would just go for walks. I would just get out in nature because I was stressed out. And, um, and that's when, like, started like just about like I had hit 30 years old and I was sort of like, well, what am I doing with my life here? Uh, this doesn't really resonate with me. And I had this new passion for health that I constantly didn't shut up about it. And, um, and I had met people who were similar to me along this journey. And I got to thinking like, man, you know, a few years ago when I was going through this, like doctors were not giving me any answers. Mm -hmm. Like I was, uh, I told you that story that I had to like just basically opt out of the medical system because it wasn't helping me. And there's got to be other people like me. I met them, mm -hmm. and you know, you're, you know, we're talking to thousands of them now, um, who are going through the same thing. Someone needs to step up and help them. And then I kind of got through, like, well, that, that could be me. I could, I could do that. <laughs> and at first, I was like, no, 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 no. I have a job, and I have own a house, and I have dogs, and I have a career, and I can't just be going and just uprooting all of that. But then it was sort of like, well. You know, what's the alternative? Continue to do something that you're not too excited about mm -hmm. when there's people that need your help. So um, I called up a friend of mine. Uh, he was a chiropractor and I was a, used to be a patient of his and we kind of hit it off. And I said, hey, I'm like, I'm thinking about doing this. Like, what, what do you think? And uh, he's like, oh, I've been, wanting to call, I've been wanting you to call me and ask this for a while. Like, you definitely need to. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, you'd be fantastic. We, we need you, Ben. Okay. That was, was like a total like, it's like, well, why didn't you tell me? But okay. Um, so yeah, I, I made the decision. Um, I was going to become a naturopath, but I was living in Texas at the time where they don't really have a scope of practice or licensure. So I said, okay, I'll just become a chiropractor and practice as a de facto naturopath. Um, and, and ironically, I didn't even end up practicing in Texas. But um, yeah, I went back to school and, and just really have just devoted myself to... Um, you know, to serving the people that are suffering with this stuff and, and trying to be a message of hope that, like, you know, if I can do it, you know, they can do it. Exactly. And I think a lot of times it's like, you know, as a patient, you go and you see all these people who read about your disease in a book in school but have no firsthand experience at all, you know? I, I love that you just said that. They go to school, they're reading the books, and nothing against doctors. Doc doctors save our lives, but... They're all reading the same Harvard Medical Journal. Mm -hmm. And I have a big issue with that. With the older doctors, the middle-of-the-road doctors, not the new ones, because the new ones are branching out of the book of this square, right? You know, they're, like, looking towards the future. But oh, you, the, it needs to be updated. Hello, we are in 2021. That stuff was written back in when? I, just jokingly, the 1800s, but ha, ha, ha. That's how I feel the doctors are today. Like, okay, let's start branching out. So here you are. You become a doctor. You learned how to figure out your food and moving forward. And thank God today's world is all about holistical healing with a little bit of medicine on the side when needed. And I love that you said that because I went two years undiagnosed with colitis. 
with living with multiple sclerosis for 20 years before I got diagnosed because I got completely paralyzed. So these issues keep happening and they keep happening. And like, where are we going to find the answers, right? You had to find your own answers. Yeah. And it's yeah, quite frustrating. Yeah. But, you know, being, and then finally, after how many years of me, like wondering why am I blowing up like I'm nine months pregnant, I'm not even eating anything but a salad or anything green, anything like fibrous, I would blow up in extreme pain. I kept blaming it on my MS. It wasn't my MS. I end up on Thanksgiving Day, Dr. Ben, this year with 210 blood pressure over 180. They're like, she's either having a heart attack or a stroke. They come and get my, come and get me from the house, rush me to the doctor, rush me to the hospital. Nobody can go with me because of COVID. I'm blown up like I'm ready to give birth. Thank God one of the nurses knew me and she's like, that's not how she normally looks. And I'm like, this is what's been happening for two years. This new doctor comes walking in and he's doing rounds fresh out of college. He looks at me. He goes, can you show me some pictures of yourself when you're not like this? So I did. And he's like, okay, we're going to do a CT scan. Make sure you don't have stroke. Make sure you're not having a heart attack. And we're also going to do a CT scan on your stomach with uh, contrast. I'm like, okay, great. Went in. Went back to my room. They gave me pain medication to get the blood pressure down. My blood pressure was just through the roof. The pain was insane. I was just like ready to be like, just cut it out of me. Get this alien out of me. Like you were saying, felt like an alien was in you, right? Yeah. Thank God for that test and that doctor that did not put me down the road of all the blood work and everything else. And the test came back that I was full of colitis. There we go. Now I'm on a completely strict diet. No greens, no veggies, nothing. I am protein, veggie-based milkshakes and meat. So it was another one of the battles that you faced, that I faced, that at least 90% of the world is facing today with where do we go from here? So this is where you come into play. And this is why I needed you on the show today to really show people that you went through the frustration. You felt the pain. You figured it out. You tested it. You found out it wasn't good for you. Then you decided to go back to school and become a doctor. And now you are like running this incredible Instagram, all of the amazing things that you're doing. You've got the ultimate raw vegan um, bundle package which is amazing. You've got your autoimmune recovery blueprint, which is so cool. And your doctor, I can't wait to see the Dr. Ben's comedy show because everybody needs to laugh. And further on moving there, you also have autoimmune masterclasses that you can teach people that are at the breaking point that you are at, that I was at, that the doctors couldn't help us. Yeah, just trying to put a lot of educational material out there so that people can uh, take it and run with it. And, um, you know, I just share my story. So I appreciate, you know, you let me come on your show and do that um, because I feel like it's, you know, no one's coming to save us, 
right? Like we, we have to do this ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, there are some doctors out there who are like, oh, MS, like um, that, like there's a lot of people need help with that or, or you know, whatever chronic disease they pick and go, that looks like a good way to make a living, you know? Um, and then there's people who are actually suffering with it and that's why they're in it. And um, I have a hard time like getting any advice or, or really seeking care from someone who's just an academic and hasn't had their own struggle, honestly. Um, Cause like we talked about, like they just don't know. They like, these are the people that are telling you like, um, you know, that, uh, that um, nothing's wrong with you. Right. Right. And, but they're supposedly the ones who also want to help you. So um, I don't know where I was going with this, but like we need people involved. So like, you know, anybody who's listening is like thought about going back to school. I would, you know, send me a DM, send me a message. Let's talk. I, I want to encourage more and more people to step up because that's who the next generation of healthcare practitioners going to be. The, the all-star ones seem to be the ones who had their own health struggles. Exactly. And, and it's so true. Being a doctor and never struggling through those health issues and you're just prescribing the Band-Aid, that does not work. So you have to be your best, as I always say, best CEO of this corporate business right here. Totally. My corporate business was crashing. Your corporate business was crashing. We were not the best CEOs of our lives. And we weren't even the best advocate of our lives because we didn't know better. So it's almost like we have to retrain our young children today in school and moving forward that instead of the pyramid with all the bread... It all needs to be flipped the other way around and shown that if your body is telling you this, it's just like the brand new car that you got. You take better care of your car than you do your body, right? When the little little red light goes on, you're like, oh, I need to get oil in my car. Well, when your stomach or your head or your body's blowing up, you don't think, oh, I got it. What did I do? What did I eat? What happened? Was I stressed? Was my cortisol up? Like, we don't think like that because we were never taught that. We're like, oh. Equivalent of like putting duct tape over the engine light. You know? Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like our, our bodies are our number one fuel car CEO, best advocate, best thing moving forward. And we need to start looking at ourselves as if we don't take care of this, it's going to break down and we will get past the point of no recovery, which is where you and I were. And we finally found the answers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's tough. I mean, I think like society conditions people so much to just want to pop a pill for everything that, um, you really have to get beat up and kicked around in the arena before you finally go, oh, I'm, I'm ready to try something different. Um, like most of the people that I work with, as far as like coaching and stuff like that, I mean, there's not, I don't get too many people who are like, oh, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease six months ago. I get the people who are like, I was diagnosed 14 years ago and I've been on like every medication under the sun. They're trying to cut this out of me. They're trying to cut that out of me. I'm fine. I'm through. I'm done. Like yeah. Walk after. Like really far, only to find it's a dead end. Um, and that's kind of scary when you really think about it, and you feel you feel like you've been gypped. You feel like your life has been taken away from you, and all you wanted was answers. And 
granted, I, I am pro both sides of the field of healing. I am pro healing when I have to have surgery for to save my life. But I am pro healing to nurture my body every day to live the best life I can. And know that when I make that decision to have that piece of cake, I'm going to pay for it. And there's no one else to blame but myself. Totally. Because my mom's not going to come and say, don't do that, Dom Marie. You know? It, it, I'm old enough to know better. I mean, I always joke that, you know, the great, the best pill they can make was one that just slapped a cheeseburger on your hand. <laughs> I wish there was. <laughs> Maybe we should just invent like a little slapper that comes with us wherever we go and it just no 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 or it smacks it out of our hands wherever we are or something like that but the pro the proper thing is is you need to know what's good for you and what's not and suffer the sacrifice or suffer the 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 pleasures of what you chose was perfect for you Totally. And, and, you know, making changes isn't easy. You're going to screw up. There's going to be slip-ups. You're going to get better as time goes on. You can't be all, like, night and day, do or die. You know, you just got to, like, look at, like, the big picture. Are you progressing towards getting better and are your habits improving? Or are they are they steady or are they getting worse, you know? And, and you just – you just every day you try to be a little bit better than yesterday. And, um, like, I, you know, um, like that will still get results. Exactly. So. Exactly. So walk me through the beginning. You wake up in the morning, the sun is out, or it's a cloudy day. Walk us through your routine to the end of night of what you do to stay healthy. Okay, sure. It, I feel like it's going to be a lot. Give it so to us. Come on. I'll, I'll preface, it, preface it by saying, like, even if you do 40% of the stuff I'm talking about, you're going to get great results. Okay. So. First thing I do, get, wake up, is um, touch my head to the floor, just be thankful for another day. Um, I meditate for about five minutes, just silence, nothing. Um, and then I usually drink some water, brush my teeth. Um, I uh, sit down, I write down three goals, the uh, three goals that I'm working on currently, mm -hmm. not necessarily for the day, but just in general, just to remind myself what they are. Um, and then um, usually like take a vitamin D supplement and then I head to the gym and I'm usually, you know, at the gym by 6 a.m. and um, working out, working out, moving my body. Um, I love that. I get done. I come home. I write for about 30 minutes to an hour working on a book that's actually almost done. Like I'm expecting to finish the rough draft this week on autoimmune disease. Um, then I get into the work day. And then, um, then uh, nighttime comes around. I'm usually uh, like, uh, let's see. Okay, so for food, for uh, breakfast, I'm usually doing some kind of high water fruit. Um, right now, it's the end of citrus season. I'm swimming in all this grapefruit that's been I've been picking off trees here. Um, so I've been making drink a lot of grapefruit juice. Um, lunch, I do a green smoothie. Usually bananas and greens. And like a lot of bananas and a lot of greens, like fill up an entire one of these jars. Lunch usually, I dinner usually do um, big salad, lots of fruits and veg. Um, and then nighttime, I like to, you know, I like to try to get electronics off by like seven, eight o'clock. 
and wind down, turn the Wi-Fi off, turn my phone off, put things away, read, play guitar, wind down, try to try to not have all that, you know, um, EMFs and everything hitting me. Yeah, and, but we're gonna, let's we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But okay. keep going. Um, and then really don't want to on while I'm sleeping. Uh, meditate once more before bed, and um, yeah, that's that's I guess that's typical day for me. So do you, um, Dr. Ben, do you eat any any proteins like um, eggs, chicken, fish, meat? Uh, so I, I don't eat any animal products. Okay, so you're all vegetarian. Uh, all, all plant-based, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, so I mean, plants have protein in them. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think uh, it, would, it would be, I wouldn't be honest if I was saying I don't eat any protein. It's in the food that I eat, but I just don't eat any animal flesh or anything like that. Okay. Good to know. Good to know for all the people listening to the podcast later on and good to know for everyone watching right now. Um, so let's also talk about the E. Hold on. I need to look at my notes. The EMFs and the Wi-Fis and how they actually truly do disturb our peace, how we sleep, what is going on. For instance, my office used to be in my bedroom and I was not sleeping at all because I could, my brain wasn't connecting to the fact that this is where I'm supposed to sleep, but yet I'm working here. And I did that for three years. And then my children went off to went off to college in Paris. And then I took over the entire upstairs, which is now where I am. And I have a beautiful office. And I have to tell you, I sleep so much better now that there's no none of the EMFs and Wi-Fi in my bedroom. So can you help us explain why that happens and why we should at all have it taken out? Sure. So, um, this, uh, like, if anything, at least while you're sleeping, turn it off mm-hmm. because um, it's essentially emitting low levels of radiation, and you have a you have a gland in your um, in your in your brain called the pineal gland, which secretes something called melatonin, which is a it's a sleep hormone. A lot of people take melatonin to try to get themselves to fall asleep. Why are they taking it in the first place? Well, when your when your pineal gland can notice that it's dark outside. That it's nighttime and there's none of this radiation, whether it's visible light or it's, you know, um, any kind of electronic frequencies coming at it, it goes, oh, okay, it's time to sleep. It secretes melatonin. But if it's getting visible light at it, whether it's the light in your home or, um, you know, whether it's from a smart meter, Wi-Fi, cell phone, cell tower, uh, Bluetooth, any of that, the, the brain doesn't think that it's actually nighttime. And so it won't secrete that melatonin. It makes it much harder to sleep. So um, you really want to reduce your exposure to this stuff, especially at night if you want to be able to sleep. Now, there's other harmful effects that EMS can have. Uh, We can dive into that if you want. But um, as far as sleep goes, you know, these glowing rectangles that we're communicating through um, uh, uh, really interfere with our ability to sleep, especially if we're being exposed to them at nighttime. We really want to show our body that, like, hey, it's dark out, it's nighttime it's okay to fall asleep because otherwise it'll go, oh, it's still light time. Can't go to bed. Gotta mm-hmm. stay up. Mm-hmm. So true. So there is there is this one thing that is on my side of my bed and it's a plug-in to the wall that's supposed to keep the critters 
from outside when I have my door open for my puppy to go to the bathroom, right? And it has a blue light. Well, I didn't realize that was actually keeping me awake. And then I actually bought a special sock for it that it would still radiate that if the door was open, he was out in the backyard. But eventually it covered the light and now I sleep even better. So those little lights, like the hallway lights or um, a night light is not going to help you sleep well in your bedroom. Our bodies really need pure darkness to sleep. Definitely. And, and your body needs, you know, the better rest you can get, the better your body can heal itself, right? Right. It's like to get the proper chance to regenerate, it's going to have a really hard time healing whatever chronic disease or acute disease that you have. Mm-hmm. So the better the quality of rest you can get, you know, the more it's going to accelerate your healing. So do you also think that all of these things affect our, um, you know, the, uh, sorry, I'm drawing a complete blank on it, uh, cortisol levels? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, these, your brain interprets exposure to stuff as a stressor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it secretes melatonin, so it secretes cortisol. Now, it's not as big of a stressor as... Um, you know, getting attacked by a bear or getting in a car accident or something like that. But the cumulative death of a thousand cuts of a bunch of these all the time adds up to a lot that the body has to deal with in the end. So it does, it does secrete cortisol. It does have a stress response from it. So how do we handle cortisol levels? Um, what would be your best advice for anyone? Because in today's world, in the last two years, we have all faced extreme high cortisol levels because of COVID, because of life changing, not sure we have a job, you know, in tomorrow or while we're in it today, we're not sure if we're going to get sick. You know, the world is living in a complete and utter uproar of fear, which raises all of our cortisol levels. And I'm asking this because I just had my blood work done two weeks ago and I, my cortisol levels were high. Okay. So. Sure. So there's a bunch of things you can do. There's not like one or two magic pills. Um, you do want to, you know, mitigate your exposure, not only just for the, um, the EMFs, but just like the amount of information we're getting bombarded with like really stresses the brain out. I mean, like we have this glowing rectangle that we can go and I can just scroll and scroll and scroll and see all these pictures and videos and news stories. And, and um, it's like, it, it gives a dopamine hit in the short term, right? Because our brain's like, oh, information, stuff, yay, stimulation. But then it's like, it's too taxing for the system. So we start to create, create cortisol. So we want to have that time when, you know, our phone isn't off or isn't on, um, which is like to a lot of people, it's like, well, if I have any downtime, I'm on that phone, right? I set aside 30 minutes every day. I'm going to, for a walk without my phone. Okay, um, that that's huge. Um, so the amount of time you can muster away from these glowing rectangles is super important. Obviously, getting quality sleep, like we already talked about, super important. Having a, a, a regular meditation practice is another way to just calm that nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say those are those are three main tools, but just trying to like limit the amount of stimulus your system encounters because it's very like 
it's like I said, it, it um, it's produces dopamine to get that stimulus in the short term, but in the long term it produces cortisol. So like, spend some time in your life with just not a whole heck of a lot of stimulus. Exactly, which is I find that going outside is the best thing to do. Go to the beach. Good is is working on creative endeavors, Mm -hmm. whether that's music or writing poetry or a book or a song or or a joke or um, you know painting a painting, where you're creating output instead of just taking in a bunch of input because it's like we got tons of input and like we're rarely ever doing output. Um, so if you can engage in an activity that's purely output and almost no input, um, that's really good for, for, for um, mitigating your stress response too. I love that you just said that. To Instead of creating constant input into the brain where it's just like running, 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 cortisol is going higher and higher and you can't seem to, and arms and shoulders go down. You're always like this and like on pins and needles, right? You just want yeah. to be much more relaxed and your shoulders are down and you're comfortable and you can smile and laugh. And I find that laughing at myself really does the trick for me. Like I can crack myself up with just really stupid ass things to do during my day. But laughter is another key thing of medicine within the human body. Totally. People Super. need to laugh. I mean, I was saying creative outlet. I do stand up comedy. I write silly songs. Um, that that definitely helps. Um, okay. Uh, okay. So now I'm going to put you on the spot. It's on. Yeah. It's on your link. It's on your um. You, you know your link tree. So um, stand up comedy show with Dr. Ben. Give me some comedy. Make us all laugh. Um, sure. I usually do this on stage. You can put me on the spot now. Now my brain's like, I can't remember any jokes. Okay. So, so, um, it's fun to do comedy, right? It's fun to like get on the microphone and tell jokes. Right. What I've always wanted to do is, um, get on the microphone at like a health food store. Ah. Okay? Yeah. And just like, you know, they have the PA system, like, attention shoppers, attention, attention shoppers in the gluten-free aisle. This is a reminder there are plenty of gluten-free items. In the produce style. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Oh wait, you have to do that again because whoever picks up this podcast, they need to hear that loud and clear. All right, you you go in and you capture that mic in the grocery store. Do it again. Attention shoppers in the gluten free aisle. Please remember your reusable bags. Attention shoppers at gluten free aisle. There are plenty of gluten free items in the produce aisle. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Which is so true. And why would you want to go, if you're dealing with autoimmune, go and buy something in a box? It has an expiration date. It, it, it's been in that box for a long time. It's. The other day I was walking into the grocery store with my husband to pick up some fresh food and stuff for dinner and I could not believe what I was seeing on the shelf. These things have been around for centuries. I swear to God. it they uh, Twinkies. Yeah. Twinkies. You can unwrap a Twinkie and set it down and that thing will not mold. 
and you can eat a Twinkie from a hundred years ago and it still tastes like the same Twinkie you just got off the shelf today. That is scary. If the food doesn't go bad, it's because it already is bad. Thank you. Uh, hello, people. We got to start going back to nature. We've got to shop in the perimeter of the grocery store. The perimeter. Go to super. Go to markets that are outdoors. Farmers markets. Whatever you got to do. Um, you know, pinch your pennies. Other places and other ways to finding food, but I know it's easier to do the box and it's cheaper. But in the long run, start trying to break it down slower and slower and slower. You know, honestly, we, we, I left this part out of my story, but I did do, I did do kind of the, um, bought the all the the, pra- the package stuff and the the health food aisles like the gluten free, soy free, dairy free, fun free macaroni and cheese, right? Uh, I did that for a while. Actually, my 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 um, you know my grocery bill was like through the roof. The food didn't taste like cardboard, and I wasn't getting any better. But I definitely did that route for a while. Um, so, but yeah, there's this idea that we can somehow like you know just take the stuff that's unhealthy and make it slightly less unhealthy and somehow get healthy. Um, that like oh, can there just be a healthy version of a candy bar, a healthy version of whatever junk food it is. It's like yeah, for the most part, no. Like you, you gotta get back to the fundamentals. Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. We've got Maria on here who is an author and has multiple sclerosis and she just said, yes, totally agree. Farmers markets. Yes. And make sure the farmers markets are not using the sprays on the chemical, on the byproduct of spraying to keep the produce lasting longer. So Mm -hmm. you got to really, there's so many things we have to check out today that really are poisoning our bodies. And then we've got Victoria here saying, I know I need to get back to Mother Nature. So where did we go wrong? Was it the 60s or the 70s? Because I was born in the 60s. I grew up in the 70s with microwavable foods. Oh, this is the super easy way to eat. And you just pull the plastic off and you put it in this thing called a microwave and ding, dinner's ready. So did my generation and the whole canned food generation and worried about the another war coming destroy our DNA? Yeah, I mean, I think we definitely went the, you know, prioritized convenience but we never really knew it was basically a giant experiment that we didn't realize at the time was an experiment. Um, and so, but we created an industry around it that makes a lot of money. And now it's sort of the battleship is going in that direction. It's really hard to steer it the other way. I think we went into it with the best of intentions of so we can feed more people, we can make the food taste better, we can make longer shelf life, we can make more money. And health was kind of like, the last priority or at least it was like it never got on people's radars that it would negatively affect their health like oh we make wonder bread and and um the good news is that when we transport on trains well the rats will they'll eat the whole wheat bread but they won't eat the wonder bread so it must be better right it's like well if the rats won't eat it you know we're in trouble hello and wonder bread today sorry guys gotta call now that stuff does not mold 
Yeah. Now think about it. If a Twinkie can last over 200 years in a package and still stay fresh, and you're putting it in your stomach, how many years do you think it's going to take to get that out of your bloodstream, your brain, your heart, your lungs, your liver, everything? When you start to think of it that way, you kind of start to look at food differently. And I'll say it again because it needs it bears repeating. But if it if it doesn't go bad, it already is bad. Yeah, perfect. Uh, That's the perfect phrase to what I just said about a Twinkie. I, I believe me, I ate more Twinkies than I can tell you, and it's probably going to take me ten more years to get those freaking Twinkies out of my bloodstream, unless they just drain everything out of me at once and then replenish me. If that was the case, God, that's a great field to go into to be a doctor. How do you filter it all out of your bloodstream and your DNA and, like, refilter back the good stuff? The body does that. It just needs the proper conditions and enough time to do so. It's not a fast process. True. But yeah. we've already beaten down those parts of our bodies that are supposed to process those. Yeah. We've overworked them, for sure. For sure. So we have now talked about EMF how you cured yourself, how you found out that you are all, you live better, Dr. Ben, as a um, full vegetarian. Um, but people that still feel like they need a little bit of protein, like I eat a lot of chicken. And then on the weekends, I like my red meat. Um, but the rest of it is because I can't have the greens because of my colitis. So I drink a, my Prevenex, that you guys see me doing a lot on my like little things and stuff and getting ready. And that is actually all vegetarian broken down into a shake form where my body actually can digest it. But how would you help somebody build their diet when they come to you as um, one of your programs and doing the steps of the master class that want to really start learning where should they go from that point so let's just say point one breakfast what would you suggest they're always used to eating toast eggs mcdonald's drive-through starbucks pickup sandwich how do they slowly work their way off of all of that to get to the vegetarian route Sure. I think it's more about um, including new things than it is about like taking out like, oh, I can't have toast or I can't have jelly or I can't have whatever. Uh, I'm just like, what new stuff am I going to add in? Um, and so I think breakfast is actually kind of the easiest meal to do because um, you can just do you can just do fruit. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's what I've been eating for breakfast every day for for years and years. Um, uh, and like one type of fruit in season. So just like a simple meal of just like, you know, yesterday I had just mangoes for breakfast. It was fantastic. Who doesn't, you know, who wouldn't like mangoes and just sit down and eat one thing. It's a lot easier for the, for the, the system to digest it if it's one ingredient, right? If you're mishmashing a bunch of things together, it's, it's trickier for the system to figure out, okay, how am I going to digest all of this? But if you have one ingredient, it's really easy on the digestion. You start with that. Um, that's a good way to start. And I would say just, just doing simple meals of fruits and vegetables that are not a bunch of different things, but like 
a lot of, of one or two or three ingredients versus like a mishmash of 40 to seven different things. If you think about it, you're out in nature, you come across a peach tree, you know, you're not gonna like take a few peaches and then go over to the mango tree and grab some of those and then go over to the blueberry bush and grab some of those. Like you're just gonna, you find a tree with some fruit on it, you're gonna sit there and you're gonna eat it. Like, oh, this is great. And then you're full and you, you know, life goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really recommend, you know, simple meals, fruit-based. Uh, I think that's that's the best way to get started. Okay, so what about, um, what do you do for a lunch? then if you're doing fruits in the morning you can't continue to do it in the afternoon right because then you're going to be spiking your sugar levels and your insulin so you go to what type of green fair lunch sure so fruit won't actually spike your insulin or your blood sugar because that's something called fibrin which actually slows the absorption of sugar into the bloodstream so if you drink coca-cola there's no fire so right into the blood, shoots up the blood sugar. Um, you, you eat something like a donut, which has all the fiber removed, because shoots up the blood sugar. But you eat you know, a pile of peaches, the, the sugar's really slowly in the system because there's fiber. As humans, we are natural frugivores, fruit eaters. All our closest ancestors, the bonobos, the chimpanzees, the apes, they all eat a diet of primarily fruit. So it is our staple. I eat it at every meal. And um, it is you know my main calorie source. Um, as in, I eat leafy greens too, but you know, pretty much first two meals of my day are almost entirely fruit. Wow! And and, um, and then for dinner, I do you know some leafy greens and and some fruit and sometimes like nuts and seeds and stuff like that. So I, I don't want to give anybody the idea that there's an upper limit on how much fruit you can eat. Um, I think that um, the more fruit you eat, my philosophy and what I do with my clients is the more fruit that they eat, the more health they experience. So um, I think that, we, you know, it, it gets a bad rap because all this processed sugar is really destroying everybody's health. But that's that's a completely, you know, um, different. Yeah, you're not talking about that beast. You're talking about the real fruit from the trees, from the Mother Earth. Yes. I mean, if you think about it, why would we have sugar cravings, right? Um, you know, a thousand years ago, there was no candy. There was no Dr. Pepper. There was no donuts it was like if you're craving sugar you went out and you ate fruit and then your brain got the signal that like okay i got the nutrition cool sugar signal off but when you go out and eat processed sugar the brain's expecting to get this nutrition and doesn't get it so it keeps sending the sugar signal feed me more sugar feed me more sugar feed me more sugar because i'm not getting the nutrition and you keep eating the refined sugar and you're like not getting full right you just you eat till you feel terrible and then your brain's not getting the the, um, the, the the signal that it got the nutrition, so it just mm-hmm. keeps requesting more sugar, and you get in this like vicious cycle where it's like, I'm eating, oh, I hate myself. Whoa. Okay. Um, but I if guess. you're getting the nutrition that's in fruit, the brain shuts off the sweet craving signal. Perfect. So I want to ask you, um, what does your multivitamins look like? Because mine are a, I take a multivitamin twice a day. I take my omega-3s twice a day. I take probiotics two in the morning, two at evening. Um, I also take brain health medication, um, but it's a, it's not a prescription. It's actually a natural brain health. And then from there, it's what I get from my protein shakes and then from the meats that I eat. How do you 
supplement those parts of what you need in a probiotic and in, in omega-3s that help your body and your brain move forward in the diet that you're in today. What are those foods that can give you omega-3s if you're not eating fish or anything like that? Do you do it in a supplement? Okay, great question. So um, I'll try to answer this as succinctly as I can, but for the most part, I'm not a big fan of supplements. I, I, I try to get all my nutrition from my food. Um, so I don't take a multivitamin. I do take a regular um, vitamin D. Um, I occasionally supplement with vitamin B12 in, injection, in an injection way so that it's only like maybe a few times a year. Um, for omega-3s, I think the key thing people have to understand is that there's also omega-6s, which are pro-inflammatory, and then our omega-3s are our good guys. They're the anti-inflammatory. And the same enzymes that, that uh, break down the omega-6s also break down the omega-3s. So if you're eating too much omega-6 in terms of like fried food and processed food, um, those, those uh, what are called desaturated and elongated enzymes are preoccupied with those, those omega-6s you're eating and can't process your omega-3s. So more important than trying to get a lot of omega-3s is to not get a lot of omega-6s. Um, but I do use um, hemp seeds, flax seeds, chia seeds as a source for, um, for uh, and, and the whole seed um, at, for omega-3s. And then just try to keep my omega-6s low. And that's basically my strategy. I don't supplement with any sort of um, omega-3 supplements. I try to get it from my food, and I find that that's like the, the, the most optimum way to do it. Okay, so now I'm going to throw a zinger at you. Sure. What do you do if you're allergic to all the nuts? Um, so these are, <laughs> these are seeds, not nuts. Okay. Uh, so what kind of seeds are you talking about for the viewers to understand and the listeners? Uh, Hemp seeds, chia seeds, and flax seeds. Okay. And These are all they're very high in, in omega-3 content. All right. So those can usually be found in any grocery store or Sprouts or a Mother's or Trader Joe's or a place like that in yes. health food stores. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's great to know. So your book, um, Creating Health... Um, the protocol to um, re um, reversing disease. You're working on that right now. Yeah, I'm just wrapping up the rough draft. It's been a long process getting this thing done, but yeah. So when do, when can we expect that to be coming out? Uh, I'm shooting for June, so I'm great. ambitious. That's great. Congratulations on that. And then your autoimmune masterclasses for 40-minute webinars. How often do you do those? Um, so I have the replay up on my, my Instagram profile. And if you're on my email list, you'll see it. But I do another one of those webinars probably like every two months or so. Great. That's good to know. So everyone viewing knows that they can go to you for a webinar on how to process and eat and live a healthy life with the way that you are living your life if they choose to do all vegan. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and they also, you have on your site that um, you have the autoimmune recovery blueprint free guide. Give us an idea of someone hearing this. Like when you hear blueprint, it's usually like the blueprint of a house. 
So this is the blueprint of the body, the nurturing of recovering from autoimmune. So when they go into your site and they download that, what are the first things they're going to see? Sure. So basically, this is a guide that I, I thought to myself, you know, if I had a time machine and I wanted to go back to 2010 when I first got sick, and I could just give myself a document and be like, just do this stuff right here. Like, just start with this and you'll start feeling better. Like, you know, you don't need the whole picture. You don't need a 200-page book on it. But just like, here's the fundamentals. Start with this. You'll be glad you did. Um, since I don't have a time machine, I, I, I created this book, and it's, it's really for everybody else who wants to get started. So it teaches you about inflammation, about um, you know what, what foods can reduce inflammation, a little bit about what causes autoimmune disease, a little bit about how stress affects you and ways to mitigate that. But it's real, like the fundamental steps, like a blueprint, like just do these basics, and you're going to be like – like it's, it's a getting started guide, basically. Perfect, I love that. So also, Dr. Ben, you are a doctor of chiropractic um, medicine. So how does that work? Like I've, I've been on a chiropractic table before, and this is like probably 25 years ago. And the first time they snapped my neck, I totally freaked out. And I felt better, but then I was just like, okay and then the whole body snapping. So tell us how that helps us stay aligned with the way our organs are inside of our stomachs, the, our heart, our liver, our everything going on, the blood flow, if you've got something like stuck back in the back of your neck, and like oxygen and everything else throughout the body. So how important is it to actually go to see a chiropractor? Sure, so great question. So really chiropractic is really all about total body function, mind and body function. And um, you have this information superhighway that runs from your brain to the rest of your body, okay? It's called, it's called the spinal cord. It just happens to be encased in a series of bones called the spine. But that information superhighway takes signals from your brain and sends it to every muscle, tissue, organ, gland, everything in your body, right? And, and conversely, it takes information, sensory information, whether it's from your eyes, from your hands, from your feet, from your organs, whatever, and it sends it back up the spine to the brain. So that information superhighway has to be functioning optimally. Now, if there's tension or distortion in that spine, you know, you're, the signal's getting impinged to some degree. Mm -hmm. So a chiropractor's real job is to remove the interference to that signal so that the brain is always communicating with the body and the body's always communicating with the brain as optimal as possible. If that information superhighway is running through your left arm, chiropractors would just work on people's left arm. But it's going through their spine, and so that's what they focus on. But it's really about uh, optimizing nervous system function so that everything else works better. But I mean, obviously, if you're not eating well, if you're not exercising, if you're not um, taking care of yourself, you know, they can help you somewhat, but you know, you gotta meet them halfway to some degree as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's like changing the tires and getting your oil change in your car. It's always, I, I refer things to cars and I don't know why because everyone's always excited to buy the new car, right? And mm -hmm. and they keep it clean and it's like the, the pride and joy. Well, why don't you start thinking of that aspect of taking care of this? Yeah, people, people don't see it that way. 
um, often until it's too late. Which is really scary when you really, really think about it. And I think that should be taught in school, like second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. Like, guys, this is part of the science on top of what you actually need to learn in science. Like, you need to be so aware of you need to take care of all of this. This is corporate life. This is corporate it, business. It's a hard message to give to kids because they'll tell you when you're young, um, you know, it's like your body can just endure an absurd amount of abuse and be fine, right? Right. And, you know, bad eating, lack of exercise, all this stuff, and it doesn't catch up to you till you're older. And by then, you have all these bad habits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, uh, like you and I were both like that. I mean, like I'm not gonna say, you know, for the first 27 years of my life, I took horrible care of myself. Oh God, me too. I was like the M&M queen and Dunkin' Donuts and coffee drive-through and you name it. I grew up on microwave meals and, you know, I, I ate those Twinkies I've been like jabbing down and I made a sandwich on Wonder Bread because that's what our generation did. So I've been trying to repair all of that damage since 2012 when I finally got diagnosed with multiple so sclerosis. We got to get that message out here. That's why you you do what you do. I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Just trying to get people. Can't expect the school system to do it. Can't expect the government to do it. Can't expect even the healthcare system to do it. But someone's got to do it. So here we are. Here we are. Just doing our best. We're doing our best. And I appreciate you and everything that you do on your page, on your live podcast, on your show. I love that you have a comedian show. Because laughter is always a great medicine. And also that you had the courage to go back to school to become a doctor in midlife. And you realized that was the best decision you could have ever made. And that is a scary decision to make going back to school. But you did it. And now look where you are today. And now you're out there healing and helping so many other people, which is fantastic. And I can't thank you enough on my behalf and for everyone that tuned into the show today to listen and see you in person and everyone that is going to be listening to Apple or Spotify and downloading it and really understanding the full concept of everything that we brought to you today because it is important to get this message out there. Definitely. Well, thanks for having me on. Thanks for everything that you do. Well, thank you for everything that you do. And um, I'll be happy one day when I can actually eat a salad again. I don't know when that's going to be, but (laughs) that's definitely like a dream of mine. I just want another salad again. (laughs) But... offline I have some ideas for you okay all right that would be good to chat offline um and thank you so much again um please let me know when your book is released because I'd love to have you back on again to talk about the book and have it in my hands and really go through it with our viewers so that they can get out there and get the book and order it get it in their hands and realize it's not overnight the miracle does not happen overnight to help it's one step at a time so it's one flip of your page of your book at a time 
And we are all individual. So not everything is going to work for everybody. So that's where your magic comes into play, where you got to try it. Is it working? Is it not working? What do you do if you have allergies like me when you can't do that? So how do you do this? And that book that you're writing that will be released soon is going to help millions of people. I hope so. And I really appreciate your offer and help to promote it. And yeah, I mean, that's... Um, I, I, I deeply appreciate that. Absolutely. So let me know the closer you get to it. We'll schedule another live podcast and get that book seen visibly on the on the internet, on the show, um, on my website, whatever we need to do to keep moving forward in the path of being healthy and wise and living the best lives we can. Definitely. Is there anything else you would love to tell our viewers today that they can do tomorrow or starting right now to start their life on a healthier track of wellness? I would say just the autoimmune recovery blueprint book is, is, is the best way to start. Start there and read it. If you have questions, shoot me a message. Be happy to chat. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Ben. I really appreciate it. And once again, everybody, if you love this episode and you have a friend that really needs to watch this visually, share this podcast to as many friends as you can that you know really need to watch it. And if they listen to Spotify or Apple, then have them download it or send it to them. You download it and send it to your friend that you know really needs the help in listening because sometimes the best gifts are the ones that are received from others without having a word of being said. So share this podcast, share Apple and Spotify and go from there and know that you are helping and sharing helping hands throughout the world. Thank you, Dr. Ben. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a fabulous day. And everybody that watched, thank you so much for your love and support and always coming on and watching the show. I will put this up on my page so you can watch this as many times as you need to. Have a fabulous one. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's show. We had Dr. Benjamin Bonales on DC. He is a doctor of autoimmune disease with diet and lifestyle. You can find him at B-E-A-C-O-N-S dot page slash Dr. Benjamin. And you can also go to his Instagram at Dr. Benjamin Benelis. And if 